Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs creating the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm Emily Aborn, and along with my co-host, Crystal Farley, we are here to give you the roadmap to success and the tools you need to build whatever this means for you. Good day, Crystal. Good morning. How are you today? I am doing extremely well, Emily. How are you today? I am doing fantastically. Thank you. I didn't say fantastic because I don't think that's actually the proper way to say it. I think you have to make it an adverb. I think very hard when I respond because I I was corrected once and I just can't let that happen again. Did you say like, I'm good? I did. Yeah, not supposed to say that. I'm wicked excited because tomorrow I'm going to get my hair cut finally after like I don't know, six months of not having my hair cut and it really needs it. That's why it's curly today because I'm trying to hide the split ends. I, I love, love it. I, I love, love your getting hair. my hair cut. I'm going to just say like, work your magic, make it look great and just hope for the best. Is there a certain amount you want to get cut off? You're going to make it real short? Well, I don't really want to cut any of it off, but it's not working for me. I need something. Yeah. Yeah. Does your husband, Charlie, cut his own hair? I mean, he manscapes. Oh, Wow. My husband uses that term too. I'm also going to say my husband's name on air for the first time ever, Jason. He calls me out on it. He's like, you still didn't say my name. Still didn't say my name. And now you're sharing that he manscapes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's going to hate this. He's going to hate all of this. I love it. But no, his big claim to fame is that he has cut his own hair for his entire life. And he says that because he's six foot one or six foot two, somewhere in the six foot range, you know, not seven, but... Somewhere in the sixes. Tall drink of water. Yep, yeah, yep. Um, he says no one can see the top. So those little pieces that he misses doesn't have to worry about. Fun fact. When you do self-checkout, though, now at all of the grocery stores, they have a camera and you can see the top of your head. So I know when my part is crooked. <laughs> so I need to tell him this. Yes. He can't cut his own hair anymore. No. Because People what if he goes to the self-checkout? They'll it, know. It will be on record. I know. Well, the reason I wanted to kind of talk about haircuts a little bit is because today's guest is a barber. Her name is Hannah Coleman, and I met her at the She Built This event in August. She is mutual friends with my friend, Bill Boylan, who is also today's podcast sponsor and super jealous that he's not here because it, for some reason, it's like a competition between Bill and I, who Hannah is going to like better, me or Bill, which it's obviously going to be me. Um, so yeah, the goal of this is to make Bill extremely jealous today. Um, and I do want to say thank you to Bill. He is today's podcast episode sponsor. He's the owner of Acupuncture Clinic of Bedford, which is located right off of Route 101 in Bedford, New Hampshire. Bill has given over 35,000 treatments in the last 10 years and specializes in pre and postnatal care as well as fertility sport. And Bill's slogan is simple, convenient, and effective, which is no joke because he has very easy online scheduling and hours that fit into both morning and evening schedules. You can learn more about Bill at www.acupuncture.clinicofbedford.com. That is totally enough about Bill because this is not his episode. It's Hannah's episode. So now I'm going to introduce Hannah Coleman who is the master barber at the Union Barber Company. She has been cutting hair since 2009, and she started off in the world of cosmetology, but then eventually crossed over into the barber world and has loved it ever since. After working at an award-winning barbershop for many years, she decided it was time to do her own thing. She enjoys a wide variety of haircuts, favoring mohawks, mullets, and beards, 
More about mullets later. Um, outside of barbering, she loves to go kayaking and curl up with her PlayStation controller and her cat, Loki. Welcome, Hannah. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Do you know when my last name used to be Mullet before I got married? And my nickname in high school was Mullet. Like, nobody actually even knew my name was Emily. People just called me Mullet. That is no joke. No joke. I don't even know. Did you have a mullet? No, but all three of my brothers did at oh. one time. Yeah, I would have just gone with it yeah. and owned it. You, you know? should have, have one. a mullet as a woman. You know, I wouldn't even wear my hair in like a half ponytail because I thought it kind of resembled a mullet <laughs> and I didn't want to like perpetuate the issue. It's all business in the front and a party in the back. It was such a party in the back. <laughs> it is. It is definitely. It's becoming the superior haircut. Wow. I love it. So love people it. actually still get mullets. Yeah, I have. I think like a handful of clients that like get mullets. Oh, it's still a thing. I see them yeah. all the time. Don't you ever like shop maybe, in New Hampshire? Maybe that's what I'll get tomorrow. I think you should. Yeah, totally. Just in time for the holidays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just ask, make sure you ask for like the Kentucky waterfall. Okay. Like, you'll get it. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm so excited to Google <laughs> so that later. <laughs> all right, Hannah, why don't you tell us a little more about yourself and how you got started? Well, um, I started it about 11 years ago. When I was in high school, I joined the um, the cosmetology program that they had at the school, and then it kind of transferred over to the certificate program. And um, that was I did that for about four years, and then I went back to school. And it was like the light bulb kind of just went off when I went from cosmetology to barbering. Like I do always have like this love for cosmetology, but barbering was like where it was just like okay, like I get this. Like a lot of stuff just started like clicking. What kind of things? Tell me more. Um, just vibes with my clients and stuff like that like I have so much more like in common with my clientele now than I ever did oh I like that I like that so I think you know um we're, we're probably going to want to talk a little bit about a woman working with men all the time but I know from conversations that I've had with other female barbers they love the loyalty of the customer base so when a man finds a barber my husband my husband being one of them he will go to them essentially until they die so yeah um and I know a lot of female barbers that that enjoy that is that something that you like about your oh definitely customer base yeah for sure what's it like to work with men all the time it's easier I would say it's easier but I also think that's subjective based on the person but I feel like it's more straightforward and they find me a lot funnier than the girls in the salon I ever think did. you're funny. We'll laugh a lot at your jokes to make you feel better. <laughs> um, what do you, what's kind of like unique in some of your branding and marketing, I guess, when you're working with men over women? It is definitely unique, for sure. Like creating this environment that I'm creating, it's, um, it's definitely a lot different than barbershops have been in the past. And it's a little bit more involved. And I am like using a lot of my background in cosmetology in it. And like, we do like waxing and we want to eventually do like men's color and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's still like a place that you can just relax with a beer in hand and you know, the appointments is great, but that one tends to not go so well with like the older crowd, like the guys that are like 90 walk in and they're like, I can't get an appointment. Like, or you know, I have to get an appointment like what is this oh because they're used to walking in. yeah yeah but yeah. it's such a small portion like and it's just the way that the world's going like people are so busy that they don't want to wait around two hours in a barbershop do you have that little um spiraling red thing outside I do. oh my gosh it's like a real barbershop it's from the 70s too it's really old cool 
Um, so you have a team of three, including yourself. Tell us a little bit about what it was. When, when did you decide you needed to bring on employees? And what was that like? It was, I brought one with me from my old shop. So, I, you know, technically the first person I brought on, they were already there. They had their clientele and stuff like that. But um, the third one came on about four months in. And I'm lucky that I have our booking system, it's kind of like a hard tell, like of like how I'm doing, like, and if I, if I'm turning people away, like constantly, it's like, all right, time to add somebody in. But that process was pretty nerve wracking because I've never done an interview like in my life. And I was like, oh God, like there's no one else here. Like I have to do this. And, um, but it was good. I mean, we had like the first sit down I had with him was like two hours because we just like clicked. Like it was like great. Like we got along really well. I'd heard a lot of good things about him. And um, from there on out, we um, the timeline was perfect to where he was leaving his shop and coming here. And he actually came from New London, which is like an hour away from uh, from the shop. Wow. So when you were interviewing them, what kinds of what kinds of things were you looking for besides just well, personality? Yeah. So I've got like the talking part of the interview, and then there's like the technical side. So the talking side, it's really just like kind of getting to know them, like you know their personality and stuff like that. Like that's more really what I look for in a barber. Like you, you can, you know, you need to know how to cut hair as well, but there's a million classes for learning how to cut hair better. There's none for being a better person. So it's kind of just a chat. It's really casual and it's just like, let's figure you out. Like, let's see more about you. Um, Now, are they actual employees or do they rent booths? Uh, so booth renter and um, like commission based, so like independent contractor. Okay. So do you find that you have to like manage people a lot, or they no. kind of just run yeah. you up the ship? I am very much just like I hire grown adults. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I just expect them to act that way, and you know if they want to take time off, that's fine. I'm like I don't care as long as no one's like showing up expecting a haircut for you that day. And it's cool because like your clientele almost kind of manages you. Like they expect a certain haircut and they expect a certain quality. How do you make sure that that standard is consistent though? Um, so I, you know, I look over and that's part of like the technical interview and stuff like that is like I had him do um, two very different haircuts. One like that was more like short, bald fade. And then the other that was a little bit longer to kind of see like the variety of skill that he has. Um, and just basically just kind of checking in and doing classes like in the shop and, you know, sitting down and being like, hey, like I noticed, you know, this could improve and stuff like that. And um, and he takes feed- feedback like so well too. I was just like, oh, this is so great. But, it's um, really important, yeah, especially is, in the yeah. customer service industry, right? But you constantly, you're just constantly going to classes and stuff like that. Like you can't, um, you can't get stale really. Right. Everything's changing so quickly. So we go to expos in New York and Connecticut. Those are like the two biggest ones that are the closest. But eventually I want to go over to like Europe and do some stuff in like London and stuff because their expos are like huge. And then you can catch what's really hot. And yeah. New. Yeah. Be more progressive. That'd be yeah. awesome. We, yeah. That's like the one of the most painful things about barbering is like haircuts will be really trendy in like London and California and like no one wants them here. And you're like, please, I promise you it's cool. It's well, maybe in like a year they'll be into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the same with social media and marketing. Like yeah. I'll see something on the West Coast or something. I'm like, oh, wow, this is so cool. But then no one here is no doing one. it at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than being on the other side, not knowing about it. True. That's why I just do my own thing. Just 
go to the beat of my own drum. She just goes to the beat of her own drum. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> um, so Hannah, how do you, what are you kind of thinking as like the next rung of the ladder for you and how do you want to grow the business? Or is that something that you're even looking to do? That is, I'm like passively looking into it right now just because it is, you know, I'm still within the first year. So it's kind of just building up um, the barber that I just hired right now. But I do have stuff like in mind and like a rough mindset. So I've got, um, you know, I'm hiring somebody for March and then putting in another station um, as well in the shop. But after that, it's going to be, you know, looking for a bigger space and maybe having like six chairs and having salon work on the other side. So what town is your shop in? Merrimack. 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 So So would you be looking for another shop location in in Merrimack? Yeah, I would try to stick like to the area that I'm in for sure. And Merrimack is growing like a lot. Like they just had a um, they just had an apartment building, like whole complex go up. And I think they have like two more. Plus the outlets are great and drive a lot of people there. I noticed I think that maybe maybe that's a um, for me, if I find a hairdresser and then I move or they move, it's like all over and I have to completely find a new one. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I can't drive over two hours to get my hair cut. I, yeah. Once I considered flying all the way to Charlotte, North Carolina, just because I loved my haircut, my hairdresser so much. But uh, then I had to get real and I, you can't spend $500 every time you need your haircut. <laughs> well, I'm, some people do. Yeah, true. <laughs> but I can't either. I'm not Giselle. <laughs> no. I'm planning like a three hour drive soon to get a haircut. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Where do you go? Well, yeah. So, where do you so go? So my friend here cuts my hair too as well. But uh, when I was at the Connecticut Barber Expo, I saw this, this girl that I follow on Instagram cutting hair and she's like literally has a folding chair in the middle of an expo aisle and she's just cutting hair. And I was like, oh my God. Is she Edward Scissorhands? Pretty much. Edward Edwina Scissorhands? Pretty much. So I went up and I got a haircut from her and I was like, damn, this is the best haircut I've ever had. And she's three hours away from me in like Connecticut. I'm like, oh. But it's going to be worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. 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 It was like a blessing and a curse. Connecticut's not that bad of a drive. No, it's not. And women don't get their hair cut as often as men traditionally. So it's it's worth it. You're worth it. I'm like a haircut addict, though. Like, I'm just like, you have great hair. Thank you. You I wish the audience could see those haircuts. They'll be able to see (laughs) her her bio picture. Yes. Yeah. I just wish they were here with me now. The audience Mm -hmm. or her bio pictures. (laughs) (laughs) She's here. (laughs) You know who else I bet wishes he was here is Bill. Bill. Well, Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's make him jealous that I he's not I think I'm seeing here. him next Tuesday. Do you know I don't even think he's ever heard this podcast? This will probably be his first episode. But then he's going to have to go back and listen to them all. So how do That's you feel about acupuncture, though? Yeah, tell us about acupuncture. I love it. I do. I He tells me I'm like his favorite client, but also the worst because I never get there enough. <laughs> but... um. But I do, I do enjoy it, and it tends to fix the problems that, like, maybe, you know, chiropractic and massage couldn't get to. Like, it's kind of like my, like, third, like, hat trick. Just You must have some unique, like, I mean, you're doing really repetitive motions yeah. all day long, and I don't know if you use blow dryers and stuff, but, oh, yeah. like, me blow drying my hair, I'm tired after that, yeah. you know what I mean? So I can't imagine doing that all day. Yeah, it's, uh, barbers in general, like, our wrists, hands, and shoulders are just, like, junk, Yeah, usually, so. My sister's a hairdresser, and she's been doing it for seven years, yeah. and same like she she has foot problems yeah. and her back hurts and her salon owner wouldn't even get them like those soft mats you're supposed to be oh, able really? to stand on because it's ugly so she won't get the mat it's ridiculous oh, i mean they are ugly but she loves it 
Like she oh, yeah. loves what she does. She loves her clients. Like there is no changing. She it's, loves where yeah. she is. And when you find a good salon to work at or a barbershop, I'm sure you need to stick, stick with it. Right. So yeah. how do you find getting talent? Um, it's, it's Instagram really. Yeah. So much, so much is through Instagram. So I'm actually making a post soon that I'll be hiring. And there's also the schools as a barber school that I went to. You can get some. Uh, oh, that's creative. I like yeah, that. You can keep your eye on some people there. They just actually had like a. A new class starts. It's funny because like you know when the new class starts and like they set up all their Instagrams because it was like within an hour I had like 15 people <laughs> started following me and I was like oh look at that. Do you have a favorite interview question to ask people? Do you like to make people feel uncomfortable in the interviews? Yes that is it's pretty fun actually um, but no I don't know if I have one. I mean I've only done like too. So I don't really, I haven't, but I love the technical aspect that you do. And I think more often people need to do things like that and you're making people uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm obviously all about that, but you know, showing somebody actually, you know, having somebody show you exactly how they would do the work is really how you gauge what their expertise is. Right. And you do have a standard to uphold in your salon or I'm sorry, your barbershop. So. Yeah. And I've actually, I'm going to be expanding on that too. And just having people do guest spots for the day. So it's kind of like, you know, you get to see a bunch of haircuts that they can do, like, and you get to see how they're going to mesh with the barbershop because that's super important. Mm-hmm. We're working next to each other for 10 to 12 hours a day sometimes. So you got to like them. I love that. It's almost like a barber pop up. And what's cool about that, too, is you could see how many people they could influence to get there. So because I'm sure part of the you know prerequisite is what is your draw to the shop, right? Like yeah. having that expectation. I love that. That's a great idea. Um, I want to hear about some of the, I love asking this question, like what are some of the misconceptions or things that people perceive about your business that you wish you could correct or you want to kind of help set them straight? One thing I more so get a kick out of, and it tends to correct itself, is uh, when people come into the shop, mostly to like sell you stuff, they'll be like, oh, are you the owner? And they'll look at like one of the boys and they're like, no, she's over there. And I'm like, hi. I so love it's, that. it's kind of yeah. funny to like, and it always, you know, whatever they correct it, but it's, um, that one's a funny one for me. So I don't really, I don't know. I don't kind of want to correct it. I like that one. Why <laughs> do you, wh- tell me why you, I mean, that's pretty deep. Um, yeah. so what do you, what do you, like, I used to get that in my own shop when yeah. I was the owner, people would walk in thinking I was just a salesperson, but I, I didn't say anything because I didn't want them to try to sell it to me. So I'd be like, Oh, I'll give it to the owner. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely utilize that too. I'm like, okay. So what do you kind of like about that? Like, s- that s- one's mostly just kind of funny throughout my day. Yeah. Like, it's just like, eh, what happens? It's funny. For me, like, I would love the shock factor of it. Like, people the, never the, believe that I was in the military. And I love the face. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's it's priceless. I would, yeah, just leave that going forever. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Um, so the other question I had for you, my husband has been cutting his hair, like I told you at the beginning, for over 20 years. Why is that a bad idea? I mean, besides the fact that he misses the tops of those hairs. <laughs> we <laughs> notice. I notice. Like, I notice stuff like that. It's almost like manic. People are like, how'd you see that? I'm like, I can't help it. It's just like laser beam eyes. Um, there's definitely a huge difference in what I can do versus what he can do. Um, not everybody, you know, sometimes, because he keeps his hair really short, right? I think he, I met him at yes, the event, correct. too. So guys like that. They're not always going to like 
go to the barbershop. Like, they're just like, I eat it myself. It's easy, whatever. But, like, some of them, I definitely, I'll hand them a card and I'm just like, just try it. Like, just go go once. Like, just see the difference. And, you know, because I can taper it. I can fine line everything. And there's just so much more detail involved in what I'm doing. So she's met Jason, but I haven't. I just got to get back to that. That is true. She met Jason at She Built This. But someone had to miss it. I did. I was yeah. in Minnesota, but that's okay. We're not going to make you feel guilty about that. You know who was there? It was Bill. Bill. <laughs> and I haven't met Bill you yet You haven't either. met Bill. You'll no. really like Bill. I mean, we really are going to give him like a huge head with this podcast episode. He lives to have people talk about him. And we're just talking about him the whole time, which is awful. Oh, yeah. But he did His sponsor the episode. His already getting bigger right I know. now. And he hasn't heard like, it. And he's probably like, oh my gosh, how many people are actually listening to me yeah. right now? <laughs> listening about yeah. me right now and checking out my website. That being said, if you need acupuncture, you should probably go see him. Um, all right. So, Hannah, why don't you tell us um, how our listeners can get in contact with you and schedule an appointment? So there's a couple of different ways. Uh, my personal barber Instagram is Hannah the Barber. And then we are on Facebook and Instagram as just Union Barber Company. And also through the website, uh, unionbarbercompany.com. And you can book right through the website. Okay, perfect. Thanks so much Super for joining easy, us great. today. Yeah. And remember, if you listened to this episode and you enjoyed it, we would love for you to take a screenshot and share it on social media, Instagram or Facebook, and tell us what you learned from the episode. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. For more information on the She Built This podcast, you can check us out online at www.shebuiltthis.org. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.